Wee! Let me sort all this out. <laughs> I'm going like a million miles an hour. There's just not enough hours in the day, guys. Um, with everything that's going on. But yes, it is Thursday, it is nine, so of course it's UK Cowboys time. We are here this week to talk about this weekend's game, which is on Friday, as uh, Friday? God alive, I'm all over the place. <laughs> which is on, <laughs> game on Friday, it's not Christmas time. Yeah, we play Sunday, 9.25pm UK time, and it's at the Carolina Panthers. How are we doing, everybody here tonight? Feeling a lot more, feeling a lot more positive. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah. Looking yep. forward to the weekend. Okay. Looking forward to the week ahead. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, but um, yes. Get in your comments and your questions, guys, as we do every week. We're going to start the show off as we do every week with the same question. Make sure you answer this at home as well, guys. Is what is your general thoughts and feelings on this weekend's game based on the fact the Panthers right now are 1-8, losing very... Uh, what's the word, best way to use this word? Emotionally <laughs> to the Chicago Bears last week. Yes? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone go for it? Go on, hit me with it, somebody. Um, also, on your idol, Craig. Ah, you go, Paul. I'm just thinking it out loud. Yeah, I kind of feel like with the Panthers, like there has been a couple of games that have been unlucky in some ways, but mm. um, but they've not been playing really great football. Um, yeah. Bryce Young's kind of been like been thrown into the wolves, I think. Um. As kind of as expected, their all lines quite depleted. I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if really uh, if, if, if if we play the way we we've been playing the past two games again, despite the loss to the Eagles, I think we should actually easily kick this game. We should. So, yeah. I mean, you've just you've got to know that obviously the one win that the Cardinals is sorry, Panthers have this season is against the Houston Texans and they're quite hot now. So, um, you know, obviously don't take them for granted or anything like that. But again, they're they're a fairly banged up team. DJ Charks um, battling an elbow injury. You've got uh, Hayden Hurst who might not be able to play because of concussion. A number of players on their depth chart that, um, you know, are being called into action. So, um, Mm. And you've got a rookie, you've got a rookie quarterback that, unfortunately, he's he's playing like he's still in college. He's he's taking too long to get rid of the ball, mm-hmm. um, and he's the, the interesting stat this week that he, you know, he's sort of matching Troy Aikman for, um, you know, performance in in uh, the rookie years as well. So, mm. um, yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, the Panthers. Just looking at the straight depth chart. The Panthers have talent. The Panthers should be on a better record than this. Uh, the Panthers are operating in a division where they, you know, could have made a mark. Um, mm-hmm. It just nothing seems to be firing. Add on top the injuries, like you said, and it's just they they seem to be tripping over themselves rather than actually just missing out on games and that and that's that's unfortunate i mean you mentioned the texans there and they've spent several seasons doing that it just seems to be the panthers turn um the te- the the draft wasn't the catalyst it was for the texans this year they almost need one more year of really going all out to to reset um but on the plus side, if that's against us, as long as it's not a trap game, as long as Cowboys don't go in thinking, oh, yeah, let's, yep. let's keep an eye out on next week. Um, yeah, it's a chance for the Cowboys again to show that we don't trip up um, over ourselves um, at a different level. But, yeah, it's more on us than on them. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like, are you guys or anyone at home, do you feel the concern in this game that it could be a trap game? Because this has all the hallmarkings. I did say earlier 9 p.m. kickoff. I meant 6 p.m. I do apologize. But when you think about it, right, this has all the hallmarkings of a trap game that it's a, you know, East Coast game at 6 o'clock after coming off a big win. You know, that's very typically when, 
you see the cowboys fall and trip over and stumble on these type of games. Yeah, I yeah. think it's more of a trap game risk than last week. I think the Giants were, we knew what the Giants were. Um, it was at home. Um, we uh, had a good scheme and we exploited it successfully. This probably is more of a trap game because there's more of a higher ceiling and more of a lower um, uh, basement um, and the risk of a Thursday game and and all that around. So I, I, I'm more worried about this in terms of what could happen than what could have happened last week. Um, but I'm still feeling confident. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, A, this is on the road. And, we're, you know, all of our losses so far this season have been on the road. Mm. You know, potentially this is a trap game. You know, if the guys, if if we play with our food like we did the first quarter against the Giants last week, ah, then, yes. you know, if you, you know. If, you let, if you let them get even a sense of it, then, you know, maybe there's a chance that, um, you know, they'll take the game to us or whatever. But um, genuinely, I think, you know, that again, this is going to be another sort of blowout win. So, Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. Like, it, it kind of feels like every game right now against the list opponent is always going to be a trap game right now for the Cowboys because... We have been, like, when we do show up, we are probably one of the best teams in the NFL when we do actually show up. It's just it's matter of, it's just matter of, do we actually do show up? So, um, and, and I think we can all agree, and I can see a, a lot of the comments saying, if we do show up, then obviously we will win this game. So, um, again, we don't want to be taking the Panthers lately whatsoever one bit. We want to get in their faces. We want to go to Cal- North Carolina and actually put on a show. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at their record right now. They're one and three at home right now. The only win was against the Houston Texans, which they only won by 15 points to 13. So it was closely yeah. contested. Um, but other than that, they've failed to score more than 30 points per game. Um the majority of their games are kind of being like in the low twenties, mid mid tens type of thing. So um, so they, they can put points in the board, but it's just a matter of going up against our Dallas defense right now, who are currently yeah. on a like they've been they've been quite hot just recently. So yeah, I, I mean, like the, mm. the, the 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 issue we've got really is um, like the, the Cowboys defense is it, it's on the rise; it's starting to catch fire again. The offense is firing most definitely. I mean, we'll talk about the offense in just a second. Um, but you were tested one bit, Paul, the points for and what the Cowboys are. Cowboys are second in the league in um, points per game. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers in points allowed, I think, a third last. Um, so that's that's the big tale straight away. But here's one for you, Paul, right? Because mm-hmm. I know you like these ones. That the biggest problem the Cowboys have at the moment, we would say generally, is the ru- is the running defense. Yeah. Pass, pass rushing. What the, the the guys are doing, defensive backs in uh, slowing down the pass makes them second best uh, at defending the pass. But here's one for you: the Carolina Panthers rush in ninety yards per game and have not scored a rushing touchdown in the last three games. Yeah, when you mention like so, our one of our witnesses is the run game right now. I would say it's now becoming. More on par now. I wouldn't say as as much. It's of a getting bad. It's getting bad. It's getting. Sure. It's, we actually saw the surgeons of Mazzy Smith last week. I want to see more Mazzie of Smith that. Like, mm. He had a great game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to take them too lightly at all because I'm looking at their stats just now. Like uh, Hubbard right now, he's um, three hundred yeah, three hundred and fifty-one yards with one touchdown this year. Um, I mean, do you, want, do you want a funny start? Do you want a funny start? Do you know last week against the Chicago Bears? So, Miles Sanders is the running back number two there, right? Tuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders averaged together as a tandem last week for an average of 0.1 yards per carry. <laughs> I can do I that, check, more than that, that up. up off the sofa. <laughs> you think like just accidentally you if you just had got the ball and fell over you would go more than point one of a yard wow. <laughs> yeah that's true My, miles sanders check it out miles sanders carried for an average of minus five yards 
and Chuba Hubbard carried for 2.3 yards. Wow. The offensive uh... line, the offensive line is the biggest weakness because, I mean, okay, let's do it backwards. Let's talk defense and then we'll talk offense because we always do it. Let's give the the, the defense some some props then, right? Hmm. So Bryce Young at the moment is, is being sacked 29 times this season. That's the third most in the NFL. He's also tried to, because he is a bit of a dual threat quarterback, as you see if you watch his game in Alabama, he's tried to get up and run and make some runs with his legs. And he's done that, and he's made, I think, like about a dozen first downs that way. But he has fumbled the ball. So, so far, Bryce Young has eight touchdowns to eight turnovers. Oof. Yep. And that's tied along. That's seven interceptions, though. Yeah. And one fumble. Yeah. Yeah. So which, eight, eight which, Yeah, which says to me, I, I, I get your point about the um, porous O line and him being under pressure, but that says it's, to it's me fun. that he's not yet able to see the field, and there's lots of opportunities to jump routes and to um, force him into mistakes. Um, so this isn't, you know, slip of the ball or uh, Michael Parsons pass rush. This is leaning into a bland day. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, so uh, go on, go on, go, 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 go. Well, what you've got to realise is that obviously this is the NFL. The windows for your passes are a lot smaller. Close so, quick. You know, and and I think you know he's he's still looking for, um, you know, three four yards of separation by the wide receivers, and he just hasn't yeah. got that. I mean, he's got a good possession mm-hmm. receiver in Adam Thielen, obviously. Sharks your your main threat. Um, when when he's available, but um, yeah, yeah, he's you know, injured. They're just not get. They're just he's not seeing the field the way he should do, um, as a, as a veteran quarterback would in a way. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud is obviously a, a lot further ahead than um, Bryce Young is. Um, mm. You know, and the interesting thing as well with the Panthers is, you know, looking forward to the draft, they don't have a first round pick next year. So yeah, they gave uh, it all away for Bryce Young. <laughs> yep. So, so the uh, at present, I think it's the Chicago Bears have the first and second uh, mm. picks in the first, in the draft next year. It's crazy. I've just done like the the rookie report. Um, I've just written that literally before we start. That's why I'm in a bit of a kerfuffle because I was so busy doing that. But you write the rookie report for the Carolina Panthers. It's Bryce Young, right? And you kind of like go, and then the next guys is like, okay, Chandler Zavala, who's an offensive guard for them. He's been injured, but he might be coming back. And you've got DJ Johnson, and that's it. There's nothing else to write about because they gave up so much to go and get Bryce Young. They wanted Bryce Young. They went up before, if you remember, it was before the draft. Like a, a couple of weeks before they went up, they sold everything to get that first pick to go and get Bryce Young. The trouble is, is they've gone and got him before they established an offensive line. Because this offensive line, I mean, not only is it looking on the pass, it is maybe one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. So when you talked about Marzi Smith, Paul, another big day for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And never Gallimore. Ooh. That's if he doesn't get kicked off the field for being a naughty yeah. boy. Mm, yeah, true, true. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Marzi last week uh, actually outstapped Jonathan Hankins, uh, nearly mm. doubled. So I think he had 27 defensive snaps, and Jonathan Hankins, uh, I think, had 14 or 15. So it's the first time he's done it. Now, I, obviously, it's a different type of game. And, you know, what, like I've said, is that, it's interesting that you've seen this because it's also happened on the offense with another player, which we'll get to. Um, but what what is interesting to see them do that is that is it perhaps they're starting to get a little bit more confidence that that Mazzy's technique because you watch him in that game, you know how he was making stops at the line of scrimmage against Saquon Barkley. You're seeing power, but you're seeing him with this forklift technique that he's got, and he was doing it. He wasn't off balance when he was doing it. Very interesting to know. Do we think mm-hmm. Marzi Smith is starting to take over in Jonathan Hankins, or do you guys want to see more before we call this a breakout? Just yeah. our, yeah. I, I just, I just want to see him keep progressing right now because we're not mm-hmm. we, we like it's like you say, Mike. 
we don't expect, especially in that particular position, whatever you're a free tech or a one tech, it takes you a good year or two to really properly develop, unless you're the real McCoy, like oh, your yeah. like your Aaron Donalds, your Reggie Whites, etc. type of thing. Oh, we're, we're talking freaks, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Massey Smith is a freak in the weight room. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's a fact, but there is things he still needs to work on. So. Definitely. Uh, the, the biggest thing that he needs to work on is is get off. Um, there's still, you know, the the two snaps where he had back to back tackles. Uh, I think a Giants first or second drive, he was great. He was out of his stance. He was, yeah. you know, hit, hitting Schmidt and the guard and pushing them back and what have you. But then, you know, three four plays into that drive, and he's begin whether it's a case of getting fatigued on that on that particular drive then he was getting slower and slower getting off getting off the ball um and that's just again that's whether that's conditioning whether that's you know again you you get tired and you revert back to to how how you are um in in college and all that sort of stuff it is um a bit like uh, a certain defensive lineman that uh rile somebody (laughs) above me up (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I mean it is it is interesting and you know there's some good comments you've been made that you know y- y- we're talking about marzi in this way could we y- can he overtake john is he getting you know good enough to take over hankins we can't forget hankins is having a good season as well mm. he's doing well at what he's doing and i think what you're seeing more of is this dan quinn system where you know, it's a lot of rotation on the defensive line front. So he likes to rotate it a lot. So if you can pull Hankins out and put Mazzy in and still get the same level of production with the two, now we're on for a, a winner because you've got the two playing just as good. But let's talk, though, guys, about something that happened last week, <laughs> which was, I think, completely insane, right, guys? This goes to show you how good this defense is. And I know we'll talk about the offense in a second, right? The the first quarter finishes and it's a little lackluster. Um, you know, we're kind of like, mm, all right. So we have a fourth down and it doesn't go through, but we make a fourth down stop as well. It's seven nothing uh, as we get into the second half. The defense come out, make a bunch of stops. Right mm. at thirteen minutes, thirteen minutes, and I think like twenty something seconds of the second quarter, it's seven to nothing. By the two minute warning, it's twenty eight nothing. Yep. Mostly based on the fact that both sides were being very efficient, but the Cowboys defenses, the Cowboys defense, defenses, defense were making stops very quickly. They were going three and out straight away. One of the big factors of that was the pass rush coming from all different angles. Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, uh, Demarcus Lawrence all having big days. Um, do we expect? based on the offensive line that they're facing this week with Caroline Panthers to see much the same again. It's going to maybe we're not hoping for the same slow start, but this sudden pop from the defense that that makes this huge scoreline appear. Yeah, I think the, this is, that's what I most want to see from today. I understand that Mike Parsons getting a lot of double teams. Um, He got a lot. Yeah. Against the, um, the Eagles. I want to see him feast. I want to see him um, just tear apart Bryce Young, uh, you know, legally and all that. But um, that's what I want to see him constantly in the backfield and creating those mistakes and creating that pressure. And because he's also got the speed to stop um, Bryce doing the um, the breakaways and the and the run to the sides. So yeah, t- this weekend I want it to be a Micah show. And Micah to make a statement. Um, the rest of the, you know, that will set the standard for the defense in tougher games ahead. Yeah, yeah, and as as long as Micah, obviously Micah's been a little bit outspoken this week in the fact that he zeroed out on the stats, um, left the locker room before he could actually talk to anybody. Um, supposedly, <coughs> if you if you hear understand. Um, what's been said in a way um, he, yeah. he wasn't happy with the way he was being used but I mean yeah he didn't get any stats but he was still constantly applying the pressure he you know was covering Saquon Barkley out of the backfield as an off-ball linebacker 
he was doing everything he needs to do. And, he, you know, that was allowing the other guys to shine. And as long as Micah comes in saying, right, you know, let's let's get, you know, let, let me do exactly the same thing again. And, you know, this defense is going to have a, it should have a feast against this def- offensive line. Well, I mean, one of the interesting stats with Micah Parsons is he actually, you just mentioned that, uh, Craig, is he leads the league uh, in double team rate. He's double teamed uh, on defense 35% of the time, Mm. which is, uh, I I believe, is 4% more than the next guy, um, which is just an insane rate. So it's people just trying to take him out of the game. But ironically, what people don't realize is that when you put that much resource into just one guy, that's why all these other guys, especially guys like DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side, this winning so often now is because of the concentration offenses are put in on just slowing Micah Parsons down. They don't want him to win. They would rather get beaten by other players. But unfortunately, that is exactly what's happened. Dorrance Armstrong had a really good game last week. Yeah. And then ironically, the second half starts, and it starts with DeMarcus Lawrence coming in, having a sack. And then the next play, Dante Fowler comes in and has a sack. And all of this is down to the fact that they are spending time, especially offensive lines like this, that we're going to face this weekend. And like what we faced last weekend with the Giants, they will just key on one guy and Mm. just be like, just stop him. But they forget about everything else and everything else just has a field day. This is this is the point I I keep making, right? See where it comes to the, the different defensive line. I know people are saying, "Oh yeah, Micah was not a no show. He was a show, but it's just because he wasn't on the stat sheet doesn't mean to say that he was out, he was there mm. performing very well. The reason yeah. I'm saying that is because he's obviously getting all the attention, and that's why likes of Demarcus Lawrence, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it works doing like a chain reaction. When you mark doing more heavily on one person, it's just going to free up someone else. Yeah, it's as simple as that. That's probably the most logical way to really put that in perspective. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is a team game, and you know, it's by doing He's a fact that, in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his pass rush win rate is still really, really high. I think it's second mm. in the NFL. So he's yeah. the highest double team rate, but he's still winning. <laughs> That's yeah. the point. And like, you know, when you have that, and then you go max protect, so you put like a run, a, a running back. So you double team Michael Parsons, then you have a running back who's trying to protect back there as well. All of a sudden, that's all this going on, which means all the other guys that are around him are just having it, they're just feasting on mm-hmm. basically what the offensive line is leaving left behind. Um, so I think that's quite an important one. But here's one for you, right, guys? Uh Deron Bland, second in the NFL with interceptions, got another one last week. He is only one more pick six away from tying the NFL record for pick sixes in the season. So they are not throwing that many interceptions. Oh, come on, Mr. Paul. Don't forget, Brandon Opry is one more field goal, I believe, from actually breaking the NFL record as well. He is. He's one more away from... Yes, he's tied it, so he's one more away from beating yeah. it. Um, and ironically, Brandon Aubrey last week, seven extra points all kicked. Didn't miss an extra point. So, um, going back to like, you know, we was talking about this before. I know we're going on a tangent, but it is, it has been confirmed that Michael, um, Brandon Aubrey did kick a, a, a non cable on that extra point he missed. And he has actually got the record. He actually passed nine, 19 is now the record. 18 was, uh, oh, was the tie. Well, 18 was the tie, 19 is the record. So. Oh, I thought it was 19. Either way, either way, we've got ourselves a kicker, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on and to it just, him. Just goes to show you can find them anywhere. Um, but hey, look, kickers matter. They're, they're people as well, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, Deron Blant, he, he's one away from tying the record. Do we think then the based on like the fact that Bryce Young is throwing up uh, these turnover-worthy plays at a very high rate. Deron, Deron Bland makes that or ties that record this weekend? No, who knows, great. Uh, who knows mate? Uh, uh, honestly, who knows? Like, it, it, When you're looking at it based on the stat sheets and stuff like that, yeah, there's, there's a really, very good chance that Bland could actually do it, but 
it's any given Sunday. He might actually do it against Washington. He might actually do it against Seattle the week mm. after. Who knows? I imagine he does it against Washington while we're there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like, I think because yeah, yeah. like, we've got, what, yeah. nine games left, essentially. Is it? Yeah. Nine games? Uh, yep. Eleven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. No, wait. Yeah. Eleven. Yeah. 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 Trying to work it out. Yeah, we're six and two. Six and three. Six and three. Ah, uh, so eight games then. Eight, eight, games. eight games left. Eight games left. So he's got eight Quick games. Quick maths. Left. Quick maths, guys. <laughs> oh, good lord. It's late. Uh, like so, yeah, he's got eight games left to actually try and break the record. I think he will do it. Mm. Whether it's this game or it's the next game or the afternoon, we do not know. It just really depends on how the other team performs as well. So, mm. but the. Do I think confidently that Blank can do it? Absolutely. But game, no idea. Yeah. No. Uh, see, I, like like Andrew there, I was going to say, um, you know, two picks this week based on how he's playing and how Young's playing. Um, but actually, no, I don't want him to now. I want want it next week. So uh, <laughs> just send him a quick message and tell him just to hold off that performance. Yeah. Well, we will be seeing Deron Blanc before the game. So there you go. Are oh. we? Yes. Mm, he's, at the, he's at the fan no. event. No, he's not. Is he? No, he's not. Is, is it changed? No, it's it's Sam Williams, Tyler yeah. Smith, and Yangway yeah. Thomas. Yeah, Deron Bland was supposed to be there too. No, his name's not being mentioned. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then. It, it, it's, it's, on the ad, it's on the advert for it. No, it was just something... Uh, I was told a while back. And I, was I, like, think he, I think they were trying to get him in. Barry was trying to get him to come along to that one, but they got yeah. Thomas instead. Yeah, that's all lovely. Talking of safeties, um, okay, I, I'm going to put it this way. I think that Jaron Curse, he's doing okay. What he's done so far is fine, but you can definitely see he's starting to slow down from what he did last season. I think mm-hmm. Malik Hooker as a free safety this season is doing excellently. I think he, he's a cowboy for a long time, um, and he's going to be that guy. I'm more worried about, though, Donovan Wilson. Just lately, just doesn't seem to be hitting his stride. You know, like before with Donovan Wilson, he was this guy you could have on the field, and he'll make these tackles for a losses, and um, he'll take on guys, and then all of a sudden there's a sack coming the other way. Um or, you know, he's forcing offensive linemen or a running back to have to, to chase down, and it's a complete problem. He's this guy who makes these really big plays on defense, and he's not getting them. Are we concerned that after we paid this big money, we're not getting the Donovan Wilson of old? Um, it's always a worry when you do pay out. You know, do people stop chasing the bag and just let be a little less competitive and we see that in all sorts of positions i don't know it's one of those positions where you can have two or three where you really stand out or depending on the scheme depending on the opponents they just go a bit quiet um so i'm not particularly worried yet um i don't think that we've um we've paid out for last year's performance and getting this year's performance i don't know it's quiet, but it's not a concern for me. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm not too bothered either. I think the Dan Quinn's defense has had to change this year. Obviously, with the loss of Leighton Van Der Esch, you've been bringing on Juan yeah. Way Thomas, uh, Marquise Bell. Um, you know, having them playing similar positions, sort of, or moving into that sort of hybrid linebacker role that you you know you're talking about. So. Um, the fact that you again, it may look that they're having a fairly pedestrian season, but in actual fact, it's because other people were stepping up and making the plays and and what have you. And um, you know, you, you're just seeing them doing mop up duty almost. So, yeah, it's a little bit concerning, but one big thing I mean, obviously, you mentioned about LVE, I'm gonna say we obviously wish him all. The health that you know he he can deserve or needs because it's looking quite serious at the moment. Whether yeah. he 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 will even come back to play in the NFL with 
the way things are going. Because um, he was told last time, one more neck injury, and you're going to have to call it a day. And obviously, he's had another one. And uh, yeah. here and we he, are. So He's got a child. He's got a child on the way. He wants to, mm. obviously, he'll want to be able to, you know, be fully functional and everything in later life and what have you. So perhaps this is... Uh, to, you know that he needs to take the rest of the season to think about what his his priorities are. Yeah. I'm sure Jerry, you know, I'm sure Jerry would love it if to to create a assistant linebacker role for him or something like that, so that you've got the, you know, obviously Sean Lee passed on his knowledge to yeah. Leighton, Leighton's passed yeah. it on to Damone Clark, but just having another voice of reason in in the in that. Uh, linebacker room would be brilliant. So. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance, but I, you know, I, I think this is going to be it. But what is good is Clark. It kind of like he was scaring me a little bit at the start of the season, but he seems to be finding a groove now. Like he's going, he's he's not freelancing as much. Like he understands the assignment and the role and the job that he's got to do. Um, and Bell coming in has been um, just an insane. Mm. You know, we knew he was very good at stopping a run because he, he's always been a good run stopper, but we're seeing it now and it's been good that, you know, that it hasn't missed a beat, you know, because we, I, we, the, the big thing we said it all off season was that the linebacker position was the defensive weak spot. And at the moment yeah. it doesn't seem to be the case that it's held up fine. You know, it's holding up fine. Um, plus, you know, you've got other pieces behind that they brought in, um, you know, just to put on the practice squad, which should keep, you know, it looks like they're going to be an elevated to a permanent role as well, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, I think that's the, 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 the stopping off point there. And I think as long as they can stop Thielen, that's the big one. I'm not worried about yeah. the running because the running, I think, is, is going to sort itself out. It's stop Thielen. DJ Shark is unknown whether um, he's going to play this weekend because he, he missed last weekend's game. Um, so I think they're, they're capable enough uh, of slowing everything down uh, on that side of the ball. What's interesting, though, that we need to talk about is the Cowboys' offense, which at the moment is in full stride. Dak Prescott five touchdowns last weekend, over four hundred yards of offense, which means that Dak Prescott now has ten games in his career of four hundred yards or more. Only Patrick Mahomes has the same number. The next quarterback who does has five. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, he has been playing and, and he didn't even play the full game last week. So yeah. He missed he the quarter. Has, yeah. So we could have inflated it if we wanted to risk it, but yeah. he has been playing smart, confident football. And for all the naysayers um, who mm. rightly, um, questions his performance um, last year, some some quite harshly. This is the Dak that we had before the injury. This is mm. the Dak that's actually, you know, he's not Mahomes, you know, the top of what Mahomes can be. He is a very good quarterback who knows how to run this offense. And we're seeing that now. Um, and I'm, I'm loving what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, just the whole thing about Dak being willing to now move around the pocket, Mm, run, run with the ball and you know him scoring from what was it 14 yards out or whatever mm, you know mm. um again that's that's creating opportunities because the defense is having to worry about what he's doing and that's that's actually helping him as well the the one interception he threw last week i mean the giants wink martindale must have been crazy because all they were doing was man coverage most of the time yeah and i think for some reason whoever it was um cover i can't remember who got the pick but i mean basically he was man coverage and then last second he sort of peeled off and went into a sort of roving zone defender or something like that and just happened to be in the right place at the right time i, I mm. don't you know whether that was a intricacy of their scheme or whatever I don't think Dak truly saw that. I think it was wh whether the guy was meant to be there or whether it was just a case he'd, he'd given up on his receiver or whatever and just happened to be in the right place at the right time. 
I don't think it, you can say truly blame that on Dak as such. Yeah, I see. I'm I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm putting it on Dak because he shouldn't have thrown the ball there, right? Mm. But what it looks like is him and Ferguson were on different pages. That there's a miscommunication. That Ferguson wasn't where he was supposed to be, and it was a time throw. So then, yeah. when Dak was out to go and throw it, he's thrown it straight at the defender. So it 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 is on Dak that he he made a poor decision, but it was also on Ferguson for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, that seems to be a common issue we've had somewhat. We could say, well, it's not a massive problem, but it's still a problem. It's where there has been wide receivers, not just Ferguson, but quite like even Hendershot, even C.D. Lamb at early points of the season were like basically not on the same page. And mm-hmm. that was thrown at like to it. What well, should have been a clear pass, but it just seems to be it just not wasn't he working, and it just seems to be the the miscommunication with the wide receivers. So, but I think we, that, we yeah we do still have that. Obviously, there was a play last week where both CD CD and Brandon Cooks ran into each other. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Running, running exactly. Yeah. Out as well. Yeah. So. Exactly, and just to kind of add on top, like we we can see the stats on, on our stream right now is like. That's nearly 2,500 yards already, and there's still eight games left. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great stats. Well, here's right. a crazy one, right, Paul? That since week six, Dak Prescott is literally first in most categories uh, of touchdowns and turnover-worthy plays, you know, or the least amount of. But he's also second in passing yards. Bearing in mind, the Cowboys are on a bye week seven. Yeah. And yet, mainstream media still thinks that Josh oh. Allen's interceptions is not a problem. Don't even get yeah. me started on that. And hurts, oh, wow. yeah. Not the season. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've been, I've been blasted this week. <laughs> I, I have to put in that up. But here's the funny thing: let's stick with the mainstream media narrative because I've been hitting that hard this week. They go really out. So. Really they, so. yeah, I know, I know. But like, then all of a sudden. You hear the likes of Stephen A. Smith go, well, of course we're not talking of Josh Allen's interceptions because nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Buffalo Bills. Nobody cares about Josh Allen. You talk about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott throwing interceptions, all of a sudden you explode on Twitter and on the internet. It's like, there you go. The truth comes out. It's not about reporting. It's about clicks. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith, for clarity, for actually... Telling telling everybody what telling we're the truth. thinking. Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah. you know, there is an element as well. I'm happy that the mainstream media is not talking about Dak because it's it's pissing Dak off and you know, pissed off Dak is is responding. So mm. um mm. I'd 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 rather you know the Terry's on at the moment, I'd rather he was pissed off all the time and he played pissed off than you know, oh yeah, I'm get I'm getting the airtime and you know, we do perhaps revert to type, but yeah, you're, you're right. I don't want him thinking, you know, hearing about the MVP um, conversation. I want him uh, with that bulletin board material because that's what drives him. And then, as such a clear leader of the team, that's what motivates him to motivate others on the sideline, which is one of the things yeah. we, we sort of didn't see earlier in the season. Yeah. We want a pissed off Dak leading a pissed off team that is playing that underdog card. Um, and Dak probably isn't an MVP. I can think of five, six other players, and half of them are quarterbacks, half of them aren't, who really are difference makers on their team. Dak mm. is a very good player that brings the team up to his level. And that's what I'd prefer rather than one superstar on a team of supporters. Mm, a hero ball. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, here's what's interesting. There was a comment about Dak being okay in the pocket. I actually say he's more than okay that you're seeing, you know, we were just talking about the element of him running again. You know, he runs for 17 yards last week. Uh, one was for a touchdown and one was for a first down. He gets a very important first down with his legs. Um, so that adds an extra element that defences have to account for. And he's, he's good at it. And now he's got that confidence. And I think the touchdown gives him more confidence. But I think what the, the biggest part with Dak is, is that he's become 
this uh, surgical reader of the defense and is playing as a pocket passer better than I've ever seen. So in terms of like, if you say like, was Dak better? You know, like you went on that run in 2021 before he got injured. And we were like, this is, he's up for an MVP season. Yeah. He's probably playing at a high level then, but only in certain aspects. Whereas this season, we're seeing an overall game from Dak Prescott. That is a level we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. All the elements, yeah. But let's talk about CD Lamb, guys. Um, first question, and I'll ask everyone at home on this. Should the Cowboys now just funnel the entire offense through CD Lamb? <laughs> I mean, their relationship is is really growing, and that's great to see. And you know, he he is elevating from probably a one A to a a number one receiver. Um, but also, we faced defenses that have that haven't covered him that you know they haven't isolated him as the number one threat like we're talking about with um, Michael on the on the D line. Um, and once I think with the more attention he's getting, once we start to face more cohesive defenses um, it, later into December, then he's probably going to get focused more. We probably don't want to change our scheme based on what we're seeing now because it may not fit as what we're seeing later in the year when we need more wins. <laughs> Go on, guys. I, I think in the mean, in the meantime, I think you do focus it on him as well. I mean, because at the moment, you know, it, the same way that we're talking about um, Micah Parsons, that, you know, he's, he's setting it up for everybody else. I mean, Brandon Cooks has been relatively quiet and then goes off for 170 mm. odd yards last week. We'll talk um, about him now. And again, that, that was purely, again, that was probably a case that, you know, everybody the Giants eventually did try and focus on C.D. Lamb, even though, obviously, you know, you bring Cooper Rush in and Cooper Rush gets the, the final pass to, to Lamb for his yardage and what have you. Um, but, I mean, obviously, the, the main thing is, is that at the moment where, not, you know, previous years we would be running to set up the pass, I think, we're doing it the other way around this time. We're doing run. Uh, we're passing it to try and set up the run. Mm. Um, you know, so where it used to be run, run, pass, punt. Um, you know, we're seeing pass, pass, move, uh, and taking what the defense has given us as well. So, um, you know, the, the chunk plays are coming now because obviously everybody's worried about us thinking and dunking it down the field. But you know, CD Lamb's managing to find the sweet spots in the defense. Um, make those catches, and then it is opening it up for everybody else. And I mean, Gallup's Gallup only had what two targets last week, I think. Um, yes, he did. You know, That's correct. Forty-one yard TD pass. You you, you brought Jalen Brooks into activity last week as well. He responded. He made the first three or four catches of his career as well. Um, we'll talk about him now. Tolbert had a uh, you know a couple of catches as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, spreading it around. But I mean, I think overall, CD Lamb is is you know the the gas pedal for this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is pretty pretty wild what what we're seeing with him. But um, is this the type of game where? You think CD Lamb could get another 150 yard game and go for four in a row? Very, very easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean let's be let's be honest here as well. I think he's what only what a hundred yards behind from the top passing yards leader. Uh, and he's like what 30 odd yards behind AJ. Yeah, yeah, something something like that. So and let's not forget AJ Brown's playing against Kansas City this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I so I think CD Lamb will, will be, if not top uh, number one, but he will definitely be number two after this weekend. So I'm mm-hmm. expecting a big game from for 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, especially when you think that they they've had issues. Uh, the Panthers have had issues 
well, their linebacker core has been decimated. They've put like, I think about eight or nine guys on injured reserve from the linebacker core, but their defensive back position has been stripped back to uh, JC Horn. He's coming off injured reserve this week, but I don't think we see him play this weekend. I think they'll take it easy with him uh, before bringing him back in. So it, it it's wild to think that you know he's going to be this is the competition he'll be up against and he'll be able to to get more yards. But you you spoke about Brandon Cooks. Let's talk about him. Uh, Mike McCarthy has turned around and said, you know, I hold my hands up. We haven't been using him properly. Um, mm. I think some of it is that they've just been trying to use him as this guy on nine routes to get deep. Um, we'll just use him as the deep guy when they've realised this weekend. You can use him in other ways <laughs> that yeah. you can use him on some simple routes. It doesn't need to be deep or scissors or bang nine routes that you can put him on some other stuff uh, and you will, you, you can get production out of him. Um, but the one I wanted to talk about a lot, because obviously great to see Cooks with the touchdown. Let's talk about Jalen Brooks. You mentioned him, Lorne, had uh, four targets for four receptions, 39 yards. That is uh, all ranks uh, fourth in receiving yards and, and what have you uh, last week above Michael Gallup and Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, before the game, and here's what we'll talk about now. Before the game, a couple of the reporters were asking, while Jalen Brooks was warming up, who's number 83? And they were like, oh, that's Jalen Brooks. Coaching staff here, he's going to be one of the best wide receivers on our roster next season. Hmm. is what they said. And I got told that, and I was like, very interesting. Do you think over the next few weeks we see a rise in Jalen Brooks' snaps on offense? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I think he's going to get more attention now. It's, it's just going to, I think he's going to be given more options now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll admit I don't know that much about him. Um, it was good to see him. Uh, another variable in the offense so that we are hard to scheme against. Um, mm-hmm. If the coaches are saying such high praise for him, uh, I think someone someone mentioned about we don't need to give CD a new contract. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it's past Lebarski, don't worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if he has the ability to, I mean, because Cooks is, Cooks is playing well, I want to see more of him, but he's not a long-term option probably. Um, yeah. If Brooks replaced Cooks, then as our <laughs> like that, option, like maybe yeah. Gallup um, gets uh, eased out. Then if they're seeing that potential, let's see more of him in games where we can try him in different ways. Um, mm. Maybe, you know, we can scratch the surface and see even even more potential. Yeah, I think obviously benefited from having to play the Giants last week that, you know, we, jo- we joked last week that, you know, this was effectively a preseason game and you would mm. be so far ahead come the third quarter that you could start playing everybody. If Jalen Brooks hadn't responded with those four catches, showing good hands, showing that he can, you know, make the catch under pressure or whatever, in when the highlight or the, the, the floodlights are on him, um, you know, then... Yeah, he'd be dropped down. But I mean, he had a fantastic training camp, mm. showed it in, you know, unlike who was it, Lance Lenore, who used to be yeah, highlight, yeah. highlight material in training camp um, and just uh, no, show, no yeah. show in the preseason games. Jalen Brooks has performed in the preseason games, real life game where, you know, again, the speed is 10% more, it's up to 100% or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he performed. So should give him more opportunities as well. But, I mean, I think you will still see weeks where, um, you know, obviously Cavonte Turpin not being active last week. Um, you helps. want him active. Um, yeah. So it, it it just remains, you know, he needs to take somebody else's job if he's, if he's going to be active on the game day as well. And, you know, he's certainly got that grounding from this week. So if he can yeah. do it again this week, then um, great, you know, and build on that. But mm-hmm. but let's talk about the final star of the show. And I'll let Paul take the run on this one first. Rico Dowdle, does there's more snaps going forward? 
yes. <laughs> yeah, right. like the explosive plays he gets. I want to say explosive. I just love the fact that he's more powerful when it comes to actually taking on bodies when try to tackle him. Yeah, he's like he's, he's definitely adding more of a proper power back, and mm-hmm. it's something that we it's something that like said a uh, Pollard, uh, yeah. Pollard, and a uh, Bingway. What's his face? Juice, who's born? Yeah, who's That definitely do not have. So, I want to see more of it. Mm. Yeah. Any guys yeah, want to add to that? Gone. Yeah. Yeah, his ability to um, break through tackles or, or make people miss is is something that once he gets a, once he gets some steam up, he can really get those yards after contact. And you're right, that's what we've been missing, and that's what I was hoping for in the off season. Just a bit of a change of pace back. Um, if Dowdle continues to develop in that, and this is this may be a week to see that breakout, then it's not taking any anything off Pollard's plate. It's it's broadening the running options in general. So more more please. Yeah, that's for sure. And then we'll just add very quickly uh, before we finish uh, that Peyton Hendershot is off injured reserve. I doubt we're going to see him this weekend, but. We could see that whole reunion coming back for Thanksgiving where we, we see them playing whack-a-mole together again in the red bucket. Yeah. So there's a possibility. But just a quick one before we move to the final segment. Do we think with Peyton Hendershot coming back, this is Luke Schoolmaker's uh, last game as having some central or prime level snaps that this is a move to sort of not push him down but because he's a rookie tight end. Uh, but to just ease him back a little bit and let him develop this season? I honestly don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what to make of Schumacher right now. Um, he did make an obvious drop in the game last week there, but mm-hmm. but I guess, like you said, he is a rookie. He's still got time to develop. I think it's mm-hmm. like, just give him some snaps there and there and more, look forward to, to more next year. Because as of right now, Ferguson's tight end number one. Make him the primary focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, again, you know, Schoonmaker had some highlights last week, and that you know some of the run blocking that he did on to to spring Pollard and and Deldo on some of his runs as well. Schoonmaker was on the field knocking the guys backwards and what have you. But to to be honest, at the moment, obviously we've we've just activated the window to to bring Hendershot back. There's no yeah. guarantee that you're going to elevate him because. At the moment, true, we, you know, true. we need to try and get Rashawn Evans up onto the onto the fifty three. How are you going to do that? You, you know, who who's going to be sacrificed for that? Is there going to be a an injury developed to to try and stash him away on IR or whatever? Um, you know, and how do you bring Hendershot back as well? Because uh, you know the um McKeon's been playing quite well as well when he's been around as well as a blocker, not maybe yeah, not yeah. as a receiver. <laughs> okay, um, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. <laughs> but you know, and it, the there was question marks about Hendershot at the beginning of the season as well. He had drops yeah. as well. So True. um you know so, how, how do how do we bring these guys up is is the main thing. So So the good news is is while we're talking that um Cowboys generally health-wise look okay. Um, Turpin is a full participant in practice, which is a big one. But if you go through the Panthers list, uh, it's bad. So, I mean, <laughs> Ian Thomas, uh, Stephen Sullivan and Hayden Hurst, who all play tight end for the Panthers, are all looking like they may not uh, play this weekend, which means it's just Tommy Tremble on his own out there. CJ Henderson, who plays cornerback, he's questioned because he's in concussion protocol. LaVisca Chenault, who used to play for the Jags, um, he's questionable to play. Uh, other ones then are uh, Taylor Moten, who plays tackle. Uh, we've got Austin Corbett, who plays guard. And then a little Cowboys blast in the past, Xavier Woods, if you remember him, yep. uh, playing oh, safety. Hi. Yeah, he's. You've got to remember he doesn't give a hundred percent on every play anyway. So. Ah, yes. If we remember that old comment. <laughs> All right, then here we go, guys. Let's get ready for it. It's the moment <laughs> of truth. <laughs> 
Yes. Now, everyone at home, uh, whether you're watching live or after the show has gone on, uh, gone out, and you're at this stage, put the comments in. We do get those comments. We see you with them, um, and we do enjoy seeing the comments of the, the score predictions. I've put mine in uh, over at Blogging the Boys uh, on the score predictor. I've said the score this weekend is going to be 35-17. Um, so last weekend, last week I wasn't on the show, but um, chucked into the mm. comments. Uh, I think yes, I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna roll the dice and be bold again. I'm gonna say 52. Ooh, 52 to 20. Jesus, I'm going round about the same. I'm going 56 to 13. Oh, then Paulius Maximus. 42-21. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Be interesting to see how that works out on your... Uh... Sorry, 45, 40, sorry, 45 21 sorry. Oh. Oof. Wow. All right. Hmm. Going to make a note of that. Uh, more specifically, your one. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> all right then. Um, yes. So, this will be a fun part when it comes to the Cowboys mini moment. Uh, and we get those scores up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jamie last week pretty much almost nailed it. He was really close to the final score. Uh, but we've got some scores coming in, guys, uh, from some of the fellow Yuki's. As you can see, some of them going with big scores that some of you have. Maybe I was a little bit off. All right, then. Let's get into this, guys. Final section. Play, sh make sure you play at home. If you're playing after the, the, the show's gone live, just put in the comments the name of the player you're talking about and whether it's over or under. We see your comments. Don't you worry. Um, so let's start things off. Oh, wait. Let's start off with the scores. <gasps> oh, it was a big week last week. A lot, uh, All of you predicting almost perfectly correct. Are you ready? Go on. The big moment. Paul now at 65%. <laughs> Jamie leading the way with 67. Lorne, you were dipping quite badly, but look I know, at that. I know. I'm, You're clawing I'm back in. You're clawing back in. At one point, you were down in the 30s, look. So <laughs> you've, had, you've had some good runs there. So, uh, yes, there we go. Um, the only ones we've got on just one bonus point. Uh, for the season is uh, Brian and Graham. Uh, is it Graham? Graham on one point? Oh, no, he's no, on three. On three. Uh, oh, it's so Rich. Rich is as well. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that because mm -hmm. they can't get away with that. But anyway, guys, let's get into this. It's a simple game of over and under. Let's start off. Dak Prescott, 19.7 fantasy points, which, as I mentioned, he's on an absolute war path at the moment. Uh, first in touchdown since week six. Uh, and I think he scored something like 30-something points last week. Oh, ooh, I'm on the wrong bit. So, Paul, everybody going over yeah. on yep. this one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a fairly... Yeah, it's a fairly easy one, that one. Uh, now, last week, Tony Pollard was predicted to score 15 points. You all said less. And we're all correct. Mm. So this week he's up for 14 fantasy points. But bear in mind, the Panthers are very bad against the run. But they have to account for Rico Dowdle. Split. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, think, I think the Rico Dowdle factor means that it's probably... What was the, what was the number again? Um, 14. 14 on the nose. Paul's going with a push. Yeah. I'm going for a push as well. It's got to be around that. I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go lower. Just mm -hmm. yeah. And when you think as well, you know, when you think Dax doing a bit of running as well, a lot more nowadays. Mm. All right, plus, then. See, oh, go on, go on. Oh, sorry. Just. Also, plus, uh, I think um, said in the comments as well, plus a uh, short week, so more likely to rest some of the starters moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the bad run now where they play something just like four games in like Ooh. 19 days or whatever it is. Well, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a good point. In fact, I'm changing my answer to lower now. Lower. Sorry, Lauren. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
we call we call Paul the cop the lone copycat. <laughs> uh, it used to be Paul Push because you spent that one week pushing on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> All right then, CD Lamb guys, twenty one point five fantasy points. Uh, he was predicted to score more than that last week, and he did score more than that last week. Higher, higher. Yeah. So we're thinking 150-yard game, or do we think two touchdowns again? Because he scored two touchdowns last week, one rushing, one uh, receiving. Couldn't care less, as long as it's above 21 points. Yep. Three touchdowns. (laughs) Three touchdown game. Very interesting. I like that. All right, Jake Ferguson. So here's an interesting one. In the last three weeks, Jake Ferguson ranks first among tight ends in touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in every game. Uh, he's on eight fantasy points predicted for this week. He was predicted to score nine last week, so he's gone down for some reason. Yeah, that's higher, very high. higher, higher. Yeah, yeah. that's high, clearly high. higher. He, he he seems to be developing himself as the as the safety blanket that you know the Dalton Schultz, the Jason Witten, whoever you want mm. to scheme it as. He's he's de- developed that, and um, you know. He seems to set the ball rolling generally. You know, okay, C.D. Lamb had the run to start the start the thing off last week, but you know, there, there's always a a Ferguson touchdown. So, yeah. All right then. Uh, Cowboys defense seven point five predicted. Yeah, the fourth oh, in yeah. sacks. Uh, not so much interceptions. It's the sacks than the issue. Uh, and also the Carolinas offense. Has less first downs than their defenses allowing. <laughs> okay, yeah. So there we go. I, th- I think the fact as well that you know, albeit he practiced fully today, you know, um, uh, Bryce Young's appeared on the injury report as well with a thigh injury mm. as well. That's going to slow him down a little bit. So you know, again, uh, fresh blood in the water for for our defensive line. So it it takes. Maybe he's turning into a bit of a um, Kyler Murray potential, but small frame and just a bit fragile. Yep. Especially when you play that dual role, you know? So there we have it. Okay, then. Panthers. Bryce Young, 13.8 fantasy points. Lower. Mm, I would say so. Based on stacks. Push. Okay, that's Lower. Lower for me. Lower too. All right, then. And especially if you think if DJ Shark is out this weekend, that's the deep threat option gone away. So it's literally the 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 the, the idea becomes stop Chuba Hubbard at the line, which should be done quite easily because the offensive line. Now just stop Adam Thielen. Mm. And Adam Thielen's getting long in the tooth. I think he's like 34 or something there. So uh, there is that. All right, then. Chuba Hubbard, 10.9 fantasy points. He had 23 rushing yards last week. Hasn't scored a touchdown in the last three weeks. Lower. Lower. Push. Yes. Um, and even if you think, like, when it comes to, um, like, Miles Sanders behind them, it's just as bad. So uh, they're really struggling with the run right now. They are their second last uh, in rushing touchdowns. Which is quite sad. It's all based on the offensive line. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, they're only getting about three point two yards per carry as well. So, I mean, yeah. they're 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 not doing anything to generate it. So, I'm just thinking yeah. about. I'm just thinking if they actually do end up in red zone. Mm. That's six points plus whatever yards they've gained. So, I'm just thinking in that perspective, it could be up to ten point nine points. So that's why I'm saying push. Mm, yeah, it's all right. You okay? You go about how you feel, Mister Paul. Um, but Adam Thielen, thirteen point two fantasy points. Push higher. Yeah, on the fact that it's a PPR, I'll go higher as well. I think if if sharks out, then um, you know, obviously mm. Thielen will be the next one that to look at. Um, he'll get at least five or six catches, 50 yards or so, and, you know, maybe a touchdown if they get into the red zone as well. So, yeah. 
Push. Yeah, I see. Yeah, maybe <laughs> later on when things uh, when players start oh, getting hi, just a, a a defense you know mismatch or or whatever, and then in garbage time, long ball breaks, big touchdown. But by then everyone switched off. Yeah. All right. Tommy Tremble, four point three fantasy points. The rookies coming in because there is literally no one else to play the position. <laughs> Higher. That's mind you, if Hayden Hurst doesn't play. If Hayden Hurst does play this weekend and he, he comes out of concussion protocol, then this will this section will be void. Um, but you, what were you saying? Sorry, Craig. Higher, higher. Um, I just I have my doubts. Again, it's probably good for a couple of couple of catches. Um, yeah, I'll go higher as well. A couple of catches, 20 yards or so. Hmm. Four is very low for a, a tight end one. It's all right, Ballinger didn't get it last week. Push. There you go. All right, then. And then finally, Panthers defense, 5.9 fantasy points. If we're predicting 40 and 50 uh, uh, point games, you could pretty much write that off. Yep, lower. Yeah, 0. Lower. 0.59. <laughs> you going lower as well, Lon? Yeah, lower. All righty. There we are. So that is it then, guys. So, of course, uh, if you're watching this over the weekend, uh, <laughs> they're a good one, yeah? Probably be minus 14. So. <laughs> Could be the case. So the next time we have a uh, pre-game show will be from uh, Dallas, because that's where we'll be on Wednesday, though. Make sure you're watching Wednesday, because the game's on Thursday. We're going to do the game on a Wednesday. Brian and the guys, though, and they may have a guest, will be on on Tuesday at the same time. And then um, we will be live from a fan event in Dallas. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, but ooh, let's pay the bills and then we can crack on out of here. Hit me with it, uh, Mr. Lawn. Right. Okay. So obviously you've missed out on our tour, but um, if you are going to a Cowboys game this year or next year, Make sure you book through Cowboys Experience for the ultimate game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. Um, and if you saw, Barry has um, put put on his page this week that there is a big guest coming up next week. So uh, we really need to know who that is. But um, <laughs> you know, and obviously they'll they'll treat you like royalty. They'll work with your your um, arrival and departure times, and Make sure that if you are booking with us, uh, with them, you use the code UK Cowboys, because what happens? Free stuff, <laughs> chocolate pudding. Yeah. But yes, guys. So that is it for this week. As I say, we will be back uh, on Tuesday for the pregame show. Then again on Wednesday, uh, but it will be an hour earlier as well. Uh, but the show will be running on for about four or five hours, depending on how long things go on for us. It's going to be interesting. Make sure you watch it, because we're getting everything going on on that one. Um, got a lot of planning to do for that show. Um, but, as always, I started with the first word, so these guys all have the last word. Be safe, guys. Have a great weekend, and enjoy the win. Come on, Kansas. Beat those heroes. <laughs> yep, have a great week, guys. Uh, good luck to Nick Harris tomorrow on Talking Cowboys, who's doing the hot chip challenge and various hot sauces as well. So um hope he survives that so that we can catch up with him next week. <laughs> and let's tame those Panthers and on to Dallas. Come on.